Wellspring podcast is presented by Wellspring of Life Church, a community of faith, hope, and purpose. Three sons left home, went out on their own and prospered greatly. Getting back together, they discussed the gifts they had sent their elderly mother for Christmas. The first said, I built a big house for mom. The second said, I sent her a Mercedes. The third smiled and said, I've got you both beat. You know how mom enjoys reading the Bible. Well, now that her eyes aren't very good and she can't read anymore, well, I sent her a parrot that can recite the entire Bible. Soon thereafter, the elderly mother contacted her three sons saying, Milton, the house you built me is too big. Gerald, the car you sent me was way too fancy. And this last one reminds me of my mom. But Donald, my dearest Donald, yours was the best Christmas gift of all. The chicken you sent me was delicious. (laughs) That joke reminded me of my mama. That's what I had to say. She don't see so good no more. This morning I want to talk about something that none of us like to hear. It's being obedient. It's always a tough subject, and I know it is for me. So this morning I want to talk about why is obedience to God important? It's a question we need to ask ourselves. Well, at least I do. Maybe some of you guys got all your stuff together, but I know I sure don't. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible has a lot to say when it comes to obedience. In the story of the Ten Commandments, we see just how important the concept of obedience is to God. In Deuteronomy, excuse me, 11, 26 through 28, it sums it up succinctly like this. Obey and you will be blessed. Disobey and you will be cursed. In the New Testament, we learn through the examples of Jesus Christ that believers are called to a life of obedience. So I thought one of the things that we should look at, and by the way, I always get yelled at by Christine every time I do the message that I go too fast when I give, when I cite my verses that I use. So if you want them, take a picture of them. I printed it out just for her. <laughs> After the service, you can make copies. So what I wanted to do is first let's tackle what the obedience, or the definition of obedience is in the Bible. The general concept of obedience, both in the Old and New Testament, relates to the hearing or hearkening of a higher authority. One of the Greek terms for obedience in the Bible conveys the idea of positioning oneself under someone by submitting to their authority and command. And we don't like those words. Another Greek word for obey in the New Testament is to trust. According to Holman's Illustrated Bible Dictionary, a succinct definition of biblical obedience is to hear God's word and act accordingly. Seems pretty simple, right? We should all be doing it, right? Erdman's Bible Dictionary states true hearing or obedience involves the physical hearing that inspires the hearer and a belief or trust that in turn motivates the hearer to act in accordance with the speaker's desire. Thus, biblical obedience to God means to hear, trust, submit, and surrender to God and his word. I think, at least for me, the hearing part is the easy part. 
The other ones are the toughest ones when it comes to trust, submit, and surrender. Our primary verse this morning is going to be Luke chapter 5. If you want to turn there, turn your phones on, your Bible apps, whatever you got. And I'm just going to read real quick like Luke 5, 1 through 11. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gesenaret, I can never pronounce that for some reason, with the people crowding around him and, and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there, by, left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked, all, or we've worked hard all night long and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled the boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James, John, and the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So they pulled up their, boat, their boats onto the shore, left everything, and followed him. Good old Simon Peter always gives us good examples of just about everything, doesn't he? God delights in our obedience. This morning I want to touch on how obeying God is involved in the decisions that we make every day and in every circumstance. It could be small, it could be big, but obedience should be part of everything that we do. We can either obey God and trust Him in the good and bad circumstances, or we can rely on ourselves, and I think we all know how that goes. The act of trusting Him is a simple and reoccurring act of obedience, even in the most minor decisions of life. So I'm hoping this morning that this message will inspire not only you, but me as well, to be obedient at any and every stage of life. Just ask yourself this question, have you ever made a decision to obey God as a way of life? Now, I'm not talking about just every once in a while, but I'm talking about every day and in every situation, every circumstances circumstance to the best of your ability or do you find that there are times when you struggle and do what you know is right and in keeping with his principles there may be times when it is easy to discern between what is right and in keeping with god's will and what is wrong and not part of his plan i think we all can figure out the big things and you know what's big and what's not in fact you you may obey him at crucial junctures because of what because you want what his best is, whether that be relationships, whether it's jobs, whatever the case may be. Other times, you may feel as you are being pulled aside by disobedience, simply because you didn't do your homework or you didn't spend time in prayer or studying God's word and spend time with him. Solomon admonished us to catch the foxes. Um, in Song of Solomon 2.15, he went on to explain that it is the little foxes that are ruining the vineyards. Meaning, when we don't obey, even in the little things, we can tend to get every, life can tend to get away from us. Often, smaller decisions 
bring about the biggest consequences. A decision to tell a little white lie is very costly because it leads to sin. And usually the next step, which is deception. When I was with the Sheriff's Office in my last 12 years as a commander, I was commander over the Professional Standards Division um, and investigations. And Professional Standards is the nice way of saying internal affairs. So I worked internal affairs cases for a long time. And I always sat down with an employee and I said, the worst thing you can do is lie. You know, you need to take accountability for what you did, if you did something wrong, and admit to it and suffer the consequences. But once you lie, or if you do lie, you cross that bridge, I can't bring you back over. And unfortunately, there were a lot of people who thought that they could still pull it off and they cost them their careers. So one little thing can lead to something big. And I can attest to that myself 12 years ago, and I've, this is nothing new to you guys. I've admitted this before, that I had, an, I had an extramarital affair. Started out with little lies here and there, and it just progressed. And pretty soon, all that stuff was brought to light. So what we do, so what we think we do in secret, may be secret to others, but God sees it. And if we're not obedient, and we don't do the right things, he will bring it to light. And by the time it reached that level, you can imagine, it was not good. The enemy is very keen. He knows better than to tempt a seasoned believer to flat-out disobey God. Obvious sin always draws a response. Family and friends usually speak up when you're involved in something that leads to shame, failure, or damage your testimony. You may falsely believe that someone perceived what someone perceived as being insignificant is much easier to disguise. You think you can get away with it at the beginning, and maybe you can. But again, it may be for a season, but at some point God pulls the covers back and the truth is revealed about what you have done. Too many people reach the point of being shattered, broken, hurting, lonely, and discouraged before they seek God's help. A Christian counselor who works with corporate executives once said that if he can be brought into a conflict before it escalates to a serious level, he usually can show people how to solve the problem. But he says this rarely happens because most of us are very reserved and we will not freely expose what we are feeling and thinking until much later, typically when it's too late. By then, the conflict is threatening to spiral out of control. Jesus knows our hearts and he makes it clear from page one of his word that obedience to him should be our central focus. Adam and Eve disobeyed God and suffered the loss of everything they knew was right and good. However, just as you can track disobedience down through the generations, you can also trace the benefits of obedience. God provides a perfect contrast between the two in his word. In Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 3 and 15 through 16, it says, if you fully Obey the Lord, your God, and carefully follow commands I give you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All the blessings will come to you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. However, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I am giving you today, the curses will come on you and overtake you. I want to talk about eight reasons why obedience to God is important. The first one is Jesus calls us to obey. In Christ, we find 
the perfect model of obedience. As his disciples, we follow Christ's example as well as commands. Our motivation for obedience is love. And sometimes I think we lose sight of why we should obey. We don't obey just because we want something from him. We obey him because we love him. And those blessings follow. But we should never walk into obedience expecting to get something in return. And I am guilty of that as well. I said, well, I obeyed you in this. What am I going to get out of it? And as you can imagine, I got nothing. (laughs) However, obedience brings you closer to God. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Number two, obedience is an act of worship. While the Bible places a strong emphasis on obedience, it is critical to remember that believers are not justified or made righteous by obedience. Salvation is a free gift of God, and we can do nothing to earn it. True Christian obedience flows from a heart of gratitude for the grace we have received from the Lord. Romans 12.1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Here in a second, we're going to show a video clip. Has anybody seen the movie The War Room? In this particular scene, the star of the show, Elizabeth, if you don't know, just a quick background, her marriage is in shambles. Home life is just a shambles. Her husband is, has, wants nothing to do with her. She meets this little old lady named Claire, Miss Clara, who she's um, helping sell her house. And little Miss Clara is a Christian, fiery Christian lady. And when the two of them talk about what's going on in Elizabeth's life, Miss Clara tells herself that she doesn't want to hear. Like she's the one that needs to change and not her husband. She needs to be obedient to God and not worry about her husband. And in this scene here, this is when Elizabeth finally decides, okay, I'm giving you my problems. I'm being obedient to you. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee.
can't have my marriage. You can't have my daughter. And you sure can't have my man. This house is under new management. And that means you are out. I'll get you fired up, won't it? So when church is over, I want everybody out there yelling at. The third thing, number three, God rewards obedience. Over and over again, we read in the Bible that God blesses and rewards obedience. Genesis 22, 18 says, And through your descendants, all nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. Luke 11.28 says, Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. James 1.22-25, but don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says, otherwise you are fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Number four, obedience to God proves our love. 1 John 5, 2-3 says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. Love means doing what God has commanded us, and he has commanded us to love one another, just as you heard from the beginning, and that's from Second John. And sometimes, at least I know I struggle, it's easy to love those around you or closest to you, but it's much more difficult to love those, especially the ones we see on TV. <laughs> Number five, obedience to God demonstrates faith. When we obey, we show our trust and faith in him. We can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commands, that person is a liar and is not living the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. That's 1 John 2, 3 through 6. Number six, obedience is better than sacrifice. The phrase obedience is better than sacrifice is often perplexed Christians. It can only be understood from an Old Testament perspective. The law required the Israelite people to offer sacrifices to God. But those sacrifices and offerings were never intended to play, take the place of obedience. 1 Samuel 15, 22 through 23 says, But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices? or your obedience to his voice. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft, and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. 
So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Number seven, disobedience leads to sin and death. The disobedience of Adam, and I always like to add, and Eve, brought sin and death into the world. This is the basis of the term original sin. But Christ's perfect obedience restores fellowship with God for everyone who believes in him. So that means all hope is not lost. For as by one man's, meaning Adam's, disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by, the one, by one man, Christ's obedience, the, the many will be made righteous. Romans 5.19 1 Corinthians 15, 22 says, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall be made alive. Number eight, through obedience we experience the blessing of holy living. Only Jesus is perfect. Therefore, only he could walk sinless, perfect in obedience. But as we allow the Holy Spirit to transform us from within, we grow in holiness. This is the process of sanctification, which can also be described as spiritual growth. The more we read God's word, spend time with Jesus, and allow the Holy Spirit to change us from within, the more we grow in obedience and holiness. Psalm 119, 1 through 8 says, Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey the laws and search for him with all of their heart. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in his path. You have been charged, or you have charged us to keep your commands carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says, Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body and spirit. And let us work towards complete holiness because we fear God. The verse above says, let us work towards complete holiness. We don't learn obedience overnight, unfortunately. It is a lifelong process that we pursue by making it a daily goal. James T. White, who is an author way back in the days, said that perhaps the most effective illustration of obedience is the reply of the mother of George Washington that she made at a banquet given to the Allied officers under the surrender of Lord Cornwallis. A distinguished French officer asked Washington's mother how she managed to rear such a splendid child. She replied, I taught him to obey. What can we expect from obeying God? God never intends us to be harassed about our decisions we make each day. Sometimes we pray. We immediately discern the will of God. Other times, unfortunately, we must wait, trusting in him to show us when and how to move forward. At other times, still, he spends a great deal of time preparing us to step forward through an open door. Unfortunately, he never works on our time. But when the opportunity comes... We hesitate with feelings of worry and doubt. We could be asking and praying and seeking, and then the door opens and we're like, should I go through this? When we obey, we take away those doubts. 
We take away that uncertainty. You know, when we can walk through that door with confidence. There are situations that result from a relaxed attitude about purity and holiness. The bottom line is that there is never a time when it is okay to disobey God. We should obey Him regardless of what we think or how we feel. It is a matter of choice. A few weeks ago, we all went to, or not all of us, a lot of men, or a few of the men in the room, we went to uh, the men's retreat. And Aaron and I rode together, and we stopped for lunch, and we talked about what we took from that um, retreat. And we both had the same response. Um, that it just seemed like to resonate over and over again, at least it did for me, and it sounded like it did for Arrow as well, is that we're as close to God as we choose or want to be. It's our choice. He's just like, come on in, and we're the ones that are waiting. Far too often, people evaluate their circumstance according to what they perceive will profit them. How will this get me ahead? Or will this move be beneficial for my future? We always think in those terms, or for, for the most part, at least I know I do. What am I going to get out of this? And I try to justify my thoughts and feelings. Well, if you do this, then this can happen, and this good thing can happen, and this good thing can happen. And I'm missing the point. That might be exactly where God takes you or takes me, but we can't think, on those, we can't think like that. We just got to give it to him and obey we say we believe God is all-wise and knows what is best for us, but often we end up looking for advice from other people around us and not from the only one who knows everything we need to know. We need to consider only one issue. Is this God's will for my life? Disobedience is not always wrapped in a sinful-looking package. Um, yes, it is sinful to disobey God because it hurts His heart. And he has, He's the one that has the plan for our life. It damages our fellowship with him and leads to feelings of guilt and shame. Far too often when we hear the word disobedience, we think of things, you know, real nasty, like sexual sin or some other bad habit that's just dead wrong. However, when we disobey God, when we refuse to do what he has gifted, trained, and called us to do, that's still disobedience. Our refusal to be open to his plan can bring misery <laughs> and regret. On our own, we do not have significant insight into the future. If we did, all of us would be Powerball winners. All we can do is make choices based on what may or may not take place. And that's trust. That's submission. When all is said and done, only one person has absolute knowledge. And that is the Lord. And he has promised to provide the guidance that we need. This next passage, everybody has heard. I guarantee you at least someone in this room has this verse in a painting or a picture on the wall in the house. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. We can worry, fret, and fume about the future um, or about any issue that God has already dealt with and has moved on 
to another point. We're still here. He's over here waiting for you to get here. He's already got it done. And we're still sitting there. What are you going to do, God? He's like, hello, Frederick. Get the big old airplane cone things out there. I'm right here. Uh, But if we trust him, we will obey him each and every time. Being obedient does not mean that we will never face difficult decisions. I think we all know that. It means that when we do, we will resolve that he has gone before us. And because we have committed our lives to him, the way we travel will be straight, will be sure, and will be manageable. Isaiah 58.11 says, The Lord will continually, continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places and give you strength to your bones. And you will be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose water do not fail. Came from, uh, everybody ever heard of the Moody Institute? Yeah. This is a little uh, story that came from there. It says, some few years ago, a university student was listening to a Bible reading on the first chapter of Genesis. The speaker described God in his work of turning chaos uh, into cosmos. And he played on the word, let. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And urged the hearers to let God. The young man went home with the word of God ringing in his ears, and he could not get rid of them. He carved them out on wooden letters, threaded them on a string, and hung them in his dorm room. Let God. But how could he let God? It meant so much. And then one morning, in desperation, in frustration, he banged, excuse me, his bathroom door as he went out saying, I cannot let God. When he came back later that day, the D from the word from God, the word God was missing, and it read, let go. And he saw his difficulty. He saw the thing to which he was clinging, which kept him from blessing. He let go and let We're going to play this short video clip. This is Miss Clara. This this is what happens when we do obey. This happens when we let God and we let go. We're going to have this kind of reaction. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) devil, you just got your butt kicked. My God is faithful. And my God is powerful. And my God is in charge. You can't fire him, and he'll never retire. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. My God is good. My God is good. I hope that this message resonates with you and has had some type of impact on you in some way. Um, Obedience is a choice. Only similarity between disobedience and obedience is that they reflect the type of lifestyle that we have. If we sincerely are committed, uh, have committed our lives to God, then we are going to obey Him. We are going to trust Him and leave all the consequences to Him. In times of disobedience, we can either lean on our own desires for direction, and I would highly recommend not doing that as one who can speak 
a lot of experience. Or we can do what we want to do and what we know is right, which is to trust the Lord with all of our hearts. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message by Wellspring of Life Church in Western Colorado. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please visit wellspringoflifechurch.com. So I will lift up.